Greetings and a warm welcome as you join us on Search for Truth. Many thanks for tuning in. Today we have the first in a series of programmes about God's good news message to the world. As usual, Brian will be looking into the Bible to bring us scriptures and illustrations which explain this tremendous message that God proclaims to us. I hope you enjoy the programmes as you follow them week by week, and if you have any questions or comments for Brian as we go along, Brian will be pleased to help you. Our first talk is called The Biggest Lie Ever Told, and here's Brian. Thanks, John. It's said that author C.S. Lewis once expressed himself to be amused at the wrong-headedness of those who claimed they could identify his sources of inspiration. And then he added tellingly, If people get it so wrong on earthly things, what chance do they have with eternal realities? And people do get it so very wrong when they attempt to second-guess eternal realities. Do your best, they say, and at the end of life, when you stand before God, he'll weigh the good you've done over against the bad, and if the good outweighs the bad, he'll let you into heaven. This same basic lie takes a variety of different religious forms, sometimes specifying sacraments or so-called pillars or noble truths or saying that we must pay tithes or observe special days or be baptised, all as qualifying good works towards that final assessment of whether or not we make it into heaven. These are all rejections of the truth. They come about as a result of having considered it and in one way or another found it to be a strange thing. Another author G.K. Chesterton once said, the truth is always bound to be strange because the fiction is what we've invented to suit ourselves in order to replace the truth which doesn't suit us. The ultimate reality check comes from the Bible. Even those who may be highly sceptical of the Bible will find its statement in this regard to be consistent with their own personal observations. The Bible declares, a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. That's Galatians 2 and verse 16. This reality, soberly documented as we say in the Bible, and true to our experience, is that no one born of a human father in the entire history of the planet has managed to make him or herself acceptable to God based on their own performance of keeping God's rules. That's quite some claim. But where's the evidence to deny it? Think about that for a moment. Take the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20 verse 1 says, Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. 
In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. You shall not covet your neighbour's house. You shall not covet your neighbour's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. It's a lot easier to list them than it is to keep them. Truth is, we've all broken them. Would anyone dare to make the claim they've never told a lie? And that reminds us of our topic that we're exploring, which is the biggest lie in the world. I definitely think it's one of the most popular. In every place and from every background you find some version of the claim that we must do our best and at the end of life when we stand before God he'll weigh the good we've done over against the bad and if the good outweighs the bad he'll let us into heaven or whichever other term is used for heaven. We really should try to understand that in trying to do good we're on to a loser. Even if we could strip away all of our vices it doesn't make us to become good by nature. And another thing, there's no need to wait until life is over before we learn God's verdict on our life. You can know God's verdict on your performance right now. It's really no secret. The Bible tells us God's advance verdict on each and every one of our lives. It's found in Romans chapter 3 and verse 12 and it says, There is no one good. So there it is, and we need to listen to it. But a couple of chapters later, in Paul's letter to the Romans, we read about the ultimate demonstration of God's love for us. And we discover that there's no need for us to attempt to do anything to get ourselves right with God, for when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 verse 8. The biblical Christian message is not to do, but rather it's done. Let me try to illustrate it for you like this. David Morse an American missionary to India, became great friends there with the pearl diver Rambau. Many an evening he spent in Rambau's cabin reading to him from the Bible and explaining to him God's way of salvation. Rambau enjoyed listening to the word of God, but whenever the missionary tried to get him to accept Christ as his saviour, he would shake his head and reply, Your Christian way to heaven is too easy for me. I cannot accept it. I want to earn my place in heaven, and I'm going to work for it. One evening, however, the missionary heard a knock on the door, and on opening it, he found Rambau there. He said, in a week's time, I start working for my place in heaven. I am leaving for Delhi, and I am going there on my knees. You're my dearest friend on earth, Sahib Morse. Through all these years, you have stood by me in sickness, in want, and you have sometimes been my only friend. Rambau left only to return soon with a small but heavy box. I have had this box for years, he said, and I am keeping only one thing in it. Now I will tell you about it, Sahib Morse. I once had a son. My son was a diver too. He was the best pearl diver on the coasts of India. He had the swiftest dive, the keenest eye, the strongest arm, the longest breath of any man who ever sought for pearls. 
my boy always dreamt of finding the perfect pearl, one beyond all that was ever found. One day he found it, but even when he saw it, he had been underwater for too long. That pearl cost him his life, for he died soon after. The old pearl diver bowed his head and worked a combination on the strong box and drew from it a carefully wrapped package. Gently opening the cotton, he picked up a mammoth pearl and placed it in the hand of the missionary. For a moment, the missionary was speechless and gazed with awe. Then he said designedly, Rambo, this is a wonderful pearl, an amazing pearl. Let me buy it. I would give you $10,000 for it. Sahib, what do you mean? Well, I will give you $15,000 for it. Or if it takes more, I will work for it. Sahib, said Rambau, stiffening his whole body, this pearl is beyond price. No man in all the world has money enough to pay what this pearl is worth to me. On the market, a million dollars could not buy it. I will not sell it to you. You may only have it as a gift. No, Rambau, said the missionary, I cannot accept that. As much as I want the pearl, I cannot accept it that way. Perhaps I am proud, but that is too easy. I must pay for it, or work for it. The old pearl diver was stunned. You don't understand at all, Sahib. Don't you see? My only son gave his life to get this pearl, and I wouldn't sell it for any money. Its worth is in the lifeblood of my son. I cannot sell this, but I can give it to you. Just accept it in token of the love I bear to you. The missionary gripped the hand of the old man. Rambau, he said in a low voice, don't you see? My words are just what you have been saying to God all the time. The diver slowly began to understand. God is offering you salvation as a free gift, said the missionary. It is so great and priceless that no man on earth can buy it. Millions of dollars are too little. No man on earth could earn it. No man is good enough to deserve it. It costs God the lifeblood of his only son to make the entrance for you into heaven. Tears were now rolling down the cheeks of the old man. Sahib, I see it now. I have believed in the doctrine of Jesus for the last two years, but I could not believe that his salvation was free. Now I understand. Such things are too priceless to be bought or earned. Sahib, I will accept his salvation. I hope you too will understand and accept God's gift of salvation for every repentant sinner who trusts in Jesus' death for his and her sins on the cross. This is the greatest truth, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. Thank you.
So now, if you'd like to request a transcript booklet containing all the uh, talks in this series, uh, please tell us and ask for the title "Hope for Humanity." If you've a pen and paper to hand, I'm about to give you our new contact details, so please note them down. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now you may be interested to know that you can listen again to many of our broadcasts、uh, off air by audio podcast. That's MP3 versions. If you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, you can browse the list of previous talks. Which has been categorised to assist you to find what you're looking for.、And、many titles of Search for Truth transcript booklets have been turned into e-books and are available at Amazon.co.uk/forward/slash/Kindle-hyphen-e-books. Just type Search for Truth series into the search box, and you'll find them. Also, look out for Search for Truth featuring on www.twr360.org. We're excited that this will give you yet another excellent way of accessing again what you first heard on the radio. So thanks once again for the privilege of your company, and I hope you can join us next week for another Hope for Humanity series. Until then, very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our technician David, our singers, and me John. Goodbye, and may God richly bless you. <laughs> <laughs> 